Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, June 6th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we're going to recap all that happened between the Orioles and the Guardians over the weekend with the O's losing two of three, and of course, the unfortunate further injury news for Grayson Rodriguez. But that's all coming up on this a bit raspy episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, I want to apologize in advance before we get started. As I put out on Twitter on Monday, the voice not completely there. A little bit under the weather over the past week, trying to get the voice back. Yeah, that to me being at Bob Turtle Smith Stadium, cheering on the Maryland Terrapins all weekend, and the voice isn't great. But going to do as much Orioles talk as I can here on today's episode, and we're of course going to have our three big takeaways from the weekend. Orioles lose two of three to the Cleveland Guardians, falling six to three on Friday, winning five to four Saturday, and then losing three to two in the Sunday game. Had a chance to win the series, could not do it. And the Orioles 23-33 and 33 now on the season. But I'm going to get you my three big takeaways from the weekend. And the first one, Dean Kramer, I thought, had a pretty promising return to the mound for the Orioles. He makes his first start, first appearance in the big leagues of 2022 after coming back from that oblique injury. If you remember, Dean Kramer made the opening day roster. He was in the bullpen for that series against the Rays at the Trop and was warming up on the Sunday game when he felt something in his oblique, had to sit down, and he goes on the injured list for basically two months, and the Orioles don't have him. But he returns, and, you know, it was not bad at all for Dean Kramer on Sunday. Four and a third innings, five hits, three runs, three Ks and one walk. He did give up a homer, and, you know, he got kind of a tight strike zone in that first inning and then gives up a three-run homer to Andres Jimenez with two outs. But Kramer settled down and went, you know, three and two-thirds scoreless after giving up that three-run homer, struck out three. I thought really the fastball-cutter combination was pretty impressive for Dean Kramer in this one. And, you know, those two pitches, they really worked off of each other. He got four whiffs on the fastball, three whiffs on the cutter for his seven overall. Fastball was in the zone. Fastball velocity was up to 93.5. He was 92.6 last year. Maxed out at 96 a couple of times. That was really impressive. The cutter got some swings and misses. Now, it was interesting to see, you know, he didn't really throw his curveball much. Only four curveballs in the 67 pitches that he threw. That was a pitch that, you know, he threw 16% of the time last year. Threw it a lot, 27% of the time in the big leagues in 2020. His big kind of overhand 12-6 curveball. That's kind of been his pitch, you know, his out pitch for a lot of his career. So it was interesting to only see him throw it four times. It was 35 four-seamers, 18 cutters, eight change-ups, which he used a little bit more, four curveballs. And then we saw a slider for the first time ever from Dean Kramer. He had never thrown a tracked slider in the big leagues per baseball savant and stat cast. And he threw two of them. They were each 79 miles an hour. It was kind of looking like he was trying to, to get onto that sweeper slider rage that we're seeing a lot of guys throw. And so it'll be interesting to see maybe the slider starts to replace the curveball because he only threw four curves and he threw two sliders on the day. We know that curveball's been kind of a, a get me over pitch for Dean Kramer in the past. Some strikeouts, but, you know, he can drop it in there for a strike. We'll see if that continues, but really interesting mix. And the mix of the fastball cutter 
is what got him in trouble last year when he had such the bad season and finished the year at AAA. He was relying too much on that cutter, and that cutter was getting killed. But the pitch was much better on Sunday. I thought he did a nice job regrouping from the Jimenez home run in the first inning. Yeah, he didn't get through five. He threw 67 pitches. You would have liked him to get through five, but the Orioles' bullpen kept the score right where it was. Unfortunately, the offense couldn't do anything. You know, Dean Kramer leaves in a 3-2 game in the fifth. Bullpen keeps the Guardians to three. The Orioles, you know, had that rally in the fifth that died out. A couple of double plays just were not able to score. But I was, I was, I was impressed by what I saw from Dean Kramer, and I think really the best thing here, four and a third innings. Listen, he didn't face, you know, a crazy amount of batters. But to have only three hard-hit balls against him, obviously one of them was the home run. Three hard-hit balls against him, where all we saw against Dean Kramer was hard-hit balls all day in 2021. That's probably the biggest positive takeaway from Dean, who you know will now stick in this rotation. And uh, you know he's going to get a go five days later, here later this week. And so he'll keep building up, building back, trying to go five, six innings. And if we could get a Keegan Aiken and a Dean Kramer resurgence this year, that is huge huge for the Oriole pitching staff as this team moves forward, especially without John Means and uh, potentially without Grayson Rodriguez for the rest of the year, as we will talk about in just a bit. But second big takeaway coming up, and we're talking about another young star for the Orioles who hasn't had as much success. That's Adley Rutschman, but just want to let you all know to hit the brakes on the panic button on Adley Rutschman. But first, let's talk about Athletic Greens because it's a product I use every day. And I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health. I wanted more energy. I wanted an optimized immune system as well. As you can tell, I probably need to optimize my immune system a little bit better. But many ask, you know, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging literally supports everything in your body. And it costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and, and what's better than that? So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MOB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MOB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So the Orioles fall to the Guardians, two out of three over the weekend. You know, it was nice to see him get the Saturday game, hold on to that lead, and you know the bullpen had a good weekend, but Bruce Zimmerman got hit around a bit Friday, and then the offense just did nothing on Sunday. Ryan Mountcastle obviously had a monster two-run homer, but that was it, and the Orioles fall in the series. It really wasn't a huge weekend for the offense, just 10 runs in three games, and obviously, you know, once again, they didn't get anything from Adley Rutschman at the dish, but my second big takeaway from the weekend is that do not hit the panic button on Adley Rutschman. He's not going to AAA. He's staying here. He's going to work through this. This is a rookie struggling because that's what rookies do. They struggle because it's hard to hit in the big leagues. Adley Rutschman this weekend did get the day off on Saturday in the win, 
but started in the two losses behind the dish, went 0 for 8 with four strikeouts, had an 0 for 4 with three Ks on Friday and 0 for 4 with one K on Sunday. Actually, the only time he reached base this weekend was in the ninth inning to lead off uh, Orioles down 3-2 against Emmanuel Classe, one of the best closers in the game for Cleveland. And Adley strikes out on an 0-2 slider that gets away from the catcher and he actually reaches first on a drop third strike. You thought it might start the rally, but Rubinetto Dor grounded into a double play. And uh, that was that to uh, pretty much shut down the Orioles on Sunday. Now, he did have two hard-hit balls over the weekend, one in each of the games, but did not walk at all. But here's the thing. You know, I get it. The bat hasn't looked great, really, from either side of the plate. But at the end of the day, he's still an elite framer. And go check out our at Locked on Orioles Twitter account. Did a thread on how good Adley's pitch framing has already been since he's been to the big leagues. I mean, it has been elite, elite stuff from Adley Rutschman in terms of framing. I mean, there's, you know, he's already basically a top 10 framing catcher in the game, and there's certain zones, you know, or, or at least quadrants of the strike zone where he is dominant outside to left-handers. He is pretty much the best catcher in baseball, according to the stats via StatCast, the framing stats, on framing those pitches that are just off the outside corner to a left-handed batter, and getting those strike calls. Since he's been up, he's been the best catcher in baseball at doing that. The other pitch he's been really good at, getting that pitch just below the knees. Kind of, you know, they teach to turn turn the thumb up and catch the ball. As a, a guy who was a catcher for 10 years uh, in youth baseball in high school, went to a lot of catching camps. You turn that thumb up and you stick that pitch at the knees. Adley is really good at that. He steals a lot of strikes right below the knees. And he kind of steals a lot of those strikes, turning that glove in on the outside corner of the lefties. You can, it's one of those things where you can see it with the eye test when you watch, but you also look in to the stat cast numbers, and he's elite in those spots. It's already helping Oriole pitchers. It was helping Oriole pitchers in the minor leagues. It's going to help even more, obviously, with better umpires here at the major league level. And there is the conversation of, you know, if the robo-umps ever come with the automated strike zone, you know, the art of pitch framing mostly goes away. So does that take away some of his value? Maybe a little bit. But once that happens, he's going to be an all-star level hitter, and we won't have to worry about it as much. And, you know, he did throw out his first runner on the base paths last week. So the defense is going to be there. But back to the bat for Adley, I get it. I get it. He's 7 for 51 now after an 0 for 8 over the weekend. That's a 137 batting average. That's not what you want through your first 13 games. 228 on base. He's got a double, a triple, five singles, no homers yet, no RBIs yet, four walks to 15 strikeouts. We get it. This is not the start we wanted from Adley Rutschman, baseball's top prospect, and kind of the guy who's supposed to start turning the page for the Orioles. But, you know, I've, I've talked about this on Twitter at our Locked On Orioles account, and I've mentioned it briefly here on this podcast. But, you know, Adley was one of really four mega prospects who came to the big leagues this year, but well, really even more. There was a lot of top prospects who debuted early this season, but there's really the three names that were put together because it's Adley Rutschman, Bobby Witt Jr. of the Royals, and Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners. All three of those guys, you know, you looked at different places. They had one of those three guys as the number one prospect in baseball, and the other two were ranked two and three. So they're all going to kind of be always bunched together because they all debuted here in 2021. Now, Witt and Rodriguez were on the opening day rosters. Adley obviously had to wait until May because of the injury. But at the end of the day, you know, Julio Rodriguez right now, he's he's hitting the ball pretty well. 121 OPS plus. Bobby Witt has been better. But what you got to remember is both those two guys struggled as badly, if not more, 
than Adley Rutschman through their first 13 games. And this is why I'm saying it's not time to panic. Look at what these two guys did, who are, many think, just as good as Adley Rutschman at the dish and how bad they were to start the season. We'll start with Bobby Witt, first 13 games. Remember, Adley, 7 for 51. Witt was 9 for 49. So just two more hits in that span. A 184 average. He also did not homer. He also struck out 15 times, just like Adley. He walked only two times. Adley's walked four times. Now Bobby Witt has started to turn it around. He's still only hitting 224, but he does have seven home runs now, and he's got a 100 OPS plus. He's basically been a league average hitter so far this season. But remember, that was after an abysmal start in the month of April. Julio Rodriguez, an even better case to show what Adley is going to be able to do. Rodriguez, remember Adley, 7 for 51 in his first 13 games. Rodriguez, 8 for 48 in his first 13 games in the big leagues. A 167 average. Also, no home runs in that span. So you see the pattern here. None of these guys homered in their first 13 games. Rodriguez could not contact the baseball. He had 23 strikeouts to just four walks in his first 13 games. Now what has he done? Well, now he is anchoring the Mariners lineup. He's got six homers. He's now hitting 274 again with the 121 OPS plus at this point in the season as we enter play on Monday. I mean, listen, you know, these guys, I get it. They were not amazing to start the year, but now they've been much, much better. And the same thing is going to happen to Adley. Listen, he's still getting hard hit balls. He's not mashing everything. It's a little concerning that he's not elevating the ball as much as we would like. His, his launch angle is lower than you would think it would be at this point in his 13 games. But at the end of the day, for Adley, he's still taking good ABs. And I get that, you know, the walks haven't come as much, but that's because pitchers are attacking him a little bit more because he's struggling. He's still hitting the ball hard, still hit two hard hit balls. He's still handling the pitching staff so well. The framing numbers are amazing. The hits are going to come. The power is going to come. The home run is going to come at some point. And once he gets that first homer, once he has that first big day, he's had a couple of two hit games. So that's been really good for him. I know he only has seven hits, but he has two multi hit games. He's going to have a three-hit day with a couple of doubles, maybe a homer. And as soon as that home run happens, I think it's going to be the homer. Once he leaves the yard, it's going to be a snowball effect, and the bat's going to be there from both sides, and we're going to see the real Adley Rutschman. Again, this is a guy who the Orioles want to have around for 15-plus years in this organization. This has been 13 games. 13 games. This is the smallest sample size out there. Do not worry. Nothing is wrong. The swing still looks good. The approach still looks good. The defense looks better than expected. He's going to be fine. R-E-L-A-X. Just relax on this one. Adley will be perfectly fine. He's going to heat up here, and it's going to be fun to watch when he does. But, of course, Adley Rutschman is still prospect eligible, hasn't graduated yet, so he's still the top prospect in baseball, and he's still the Orioles' number one prospect. But the Orioles' number two prospect, well, he got some even more bad news on his injury this week. We knew Grayson Rodriguez had a lat strain last time I talked to you. That was on Friday's episode. We talked about the injury, how long it could be out. Well, we got a further update from Mike Elias over the weekend on Adley's injury. And it's looking, or I should say, on Grayson Rodriguez's injury. My goodness. We got a further update from Elias on Grayson's injury. It's looking a little worse than we originally expected. We'll talk about what that means for Grayson and what it means for the Orioles coming up in just a second. But first, let's talk about betonline.net, which is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup. It's the Celtics. It's the Warriors. The series tied at one. All your odds at betonline.net. Also, 
Conference Finals in the NHL. Avs have a 3-0 lead. They're looking to close it out against the Oilers. On the other side, Rangers up 2-1 on the Lightning. Stanley Cup Finals coming up soon. Also, we got Major League Baseball, of course, and all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at betonline.net, where the game starts. So the Orioles, they fell to the Guardians, two out of three over the weekend. Brian Much needed off day here on a Monday for the O's. They dropped 23 and 33, but they got worse news than a couple of losses over the weekend as Mike Elias announcing it's a grade two lat strain, as we found out on Saturday, for Grayson Rodriguez. Of course, Grayson, the backstory, in the sixth inning of another scoreless start at AAA on Wednesday night, gets the first two outs on two pitches. Second pitch of the inning was a fastball at just 89 miles per hour, well below the 95-96 that Gray Rod averages. Trainer comes out, Justin Ramsey, the pitching coach, Buck Britton, the manager at AAA, come out. Grayson leaves the game. Initial report from Andy Costco of the Baltimore Sun is that he had back cramps, that he was feeling dehydrated, that he should be you know, okay and it won't be a long absence. Then he goes to Baltimore, gets more testing, MRIs, and we find out on Thursday that it's a lat strain. But they find no more structural damage anywhere, nothing with the shoulder, nothing with the elbow, anything like that. So it seemed like, okay, this is a grade one lat strain. Maybe he misses about a month and he comes back and is okay. Well, Elias announced over the weekend that it's a grade two lat strain. There's grade one, grade two, and grade three. Grade one, usually about a month. Grade two, more than that, maybe a couple of months. Grade three usually means surgery and you're out for an extended time. Rodriguez has grade two. There's no other damage still, which is good. And he won't need surgery, which is also good. But this is now a much longer injury. And the way Mike Elias talked, he'd be eyeing a September return to the mound for Grayson Rodriguez. That return would probably come in the form of rehab starts and then getting back to AAA and finally probably finishing the season at AAA Norfolk. And the way Mike Elias talked about it, he kind of insinuated that because of this injury, we're not going to see Grayson Rodriguez pitch in the big leagues for the Orioles in 2022. And that is really the most upsetting part. I mean, Grayson at 22 was dominating Norfolk. I mean, just these scoreless starts in a row was just baffling hitters. I talked about it on last Wednesday's episode. I predicted that unless there was an injury, last Wednesday would be his last AAA start. And I thought that tomorrow night, Tuesday night, against the Cubs at Oriole Park would be the Major League debut for Grayson Rodriguez. Instead, I don't think we're going to see that Major League debut till 2023. Now, unless the Orioles manipulate more service time, we should see him in the opening day rotation next year for the O's. But we thought at the very least we'd have Grayson Rodriguez in the big leagues by after the All-Star break this year. Instead, I don't think we're going to get him. I mean, there's, there's a chance that we could see him in September late in the year, but I just don't see it happening. And the way Michael Elias talked about it, you know, how frustrating the injury was and, you know, that, you know, that it doesn't require surgery. And Michael Elias did say, look, this isn't going to stop Grayson's development long term. This isn't going to be an, an injury that that nags him, that that stays with him. It's going to be something he recovers from, he rehabs from, and he should be back and good to go before this season is over, which is good news. But we were going to see Grayson Rodriguez, I truly think, this week in the big leagues. That was going to be awesome. We have to wait for that moment until next year. It was tough enough to wait for Adley. We all pretty much figured that Adley was going to be on the opening day roster this year until that tricep injury. And we didn't see him 
till May 21st. And that wait felt so long to wait the extra month and a half. To have to wait, I mean, you're looking at another 10 months now before we see Grayson in the big leagues if he's not here until the beginning of the season next year, and that's if they don't manipulate any service time. <sighs> Injuries stink, man. They suck. The fact that John Means getting Tommy John surgery and the earliest we could possibly see him again is after the 2023 All-Star break, it sucks. That we can't see Grayson Rodriguez now until maybe next season, it stinks. Those are two ace-quality guys. The Orioles could have had a rotation of Means, Rodriguez, Hall, Bradish, Zimmerman, Tyler Wells, six guys just like that in this rotation this year. Instead, what we're looking at right now is Jordan Lyles, Bruce Zimmerman, Tyler Wells, Dean Kramer, and it looks like Spencer Watkins is probably going to be activated back off the injured list this week. He's actually looking like he's probably going to start the Tuesday night game. That's not what we hoped for. And again, you know, D.L. Hall looked good. His best AAA start came on Sunday. Went five innings, nine strikeouts. Command looked good. He's getting closer and closer. I still don't think he's going to be here in June. Maybe after the All-Star break, we'll see D.L. Hall. That'll make things more fun. And Michael Elias talked about still wanting to build him up and get the command there. But he looked, he looked good. This is his best AAA start on Sunday. Barring any other injury from him. You know, we should at least have D.L. Hall and, and Adley together in the big leagues. But to not have Grayson Rodriguez, it's just took the wind out of the sails, it felt like, for the Orioles this weekend. That one hurt. And again, it's not any kind of long-term injury. It's not Tommy John surgery. He's going to pitch again this year. And even Grayson said it. You know, he, he talked to David Hall, a Virginian pilot, who does a nice job covering the tides down there in Norfolk. And uh, he said to David Hall, quote, personally, it doesn't feel as bad as what it might seem. So I should be back before the season is over. And that's great to hear from Grayson. You know, he seems like he should be good to go at some point this year. But because it's an injury, and because even if he comes back in August, you know, late August, he comes back early, the Orioles are not going to push the top pitching prospect in baseball at this point in their rebuild. They're just not going to do it. We've seen them not do it with other guys getting injured. They're not going to push him. And so even if he does come back to pitch in late August, early September, whatever it is, they're going to put him on a rehab stint. They're going to get him back to AAA, and they're going to keep him in AAA, and they're going to keep the innings down. That's just how it's going to go, and it stinks. But we're not going to see Grayson in the big leagues this year, I don't think, barring some sort of recovery miracle. <sighs> I wish we could, but I guess not going to happen. But thank you to all of you who listen, who watch, for bearing with this voice here today. Of course, leave a rating and a review. Try to think about the the... Episodes where my voice sounds fine. When you leave that five-star review, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Of course, we're here on YouTube as well. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, right here on Locked on Orioles. Thank you again for watching that Grayson Rodriguez episode from last week. It was our most viewed YouTube episode of the year last Wednesday when I tried to predict when Grayson Rodriguez would make his big league debut. People are saying I jinxed him because two days later, uh, we found out he had a last trade. Actually, later that day after the episode dropped is when he got injured. But... uh Thank you so much for continuing to uh, support us on YouTube or wherever you watch or you listen. Be back with another episode on Tuesday. Uh, apologize again for just the different posting time. It's going to be the same way on Tuesday as I continue to recover this voice. Uh, so expect a new episode wherever you listen and when you watch on YouTube on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, we'll get you set for this quick, interesting two-game series. The Cubs are coming to Camden Yards. We'll talk about that. 
uh, with the Orioles and the Cubbies and get you all your O's news. Uh, it looks like Spencer Watkins coming off the IL. We'll see if that happens. We'll talk about that as well for the Orioles as Marcos Duplan was already sent back down to AAA. So the O's do have currently an open roster spot. But uh, the Terps are still alive. I'll be back in College Park tonight uh, for the final game of the regional. Maryland, UConn, winner goes to the Supers. Hopefully I don't completely lose my voice again, uh, but we will see. But I'll talk to you all things Orioles coming up on tomorrow's episode. But until then, thanks for bearing with me. I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Good to see you.